Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I'm your host Ben, aka the Marvelous Siggy. Joining me is Chief Lowell to Darkside himself, Justin. Oh yeah, check out that can ASMR. <laughs> and joining us also is mm. also Lowell, subject to Darkside, Tyler. Tyler, welcome to Charge Shot Gamescast. I would like to point out that I had just gotten out of uh, Darkseid's brainwashing, and I would like for you to not bring that up again. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, If you want to know what that reference is, again, go listen to the Season 1 finale of the Cinema Shop Podcast, which will be out by the time this is out on Justice League Dark Dark Apocalypse War. Oh, it's it's our longest one yet, and I think Tyler had the most fun with it, but we'll get into that as we later on but we're not here for the Cinema Shop Podcast. We are the Charge Shot Gamescast. We are a weekly video game podcast dedicated to games we've been playing and the news we've been reading. Not a lot of news this week, but that's fine. We're getting closer to December. It's quiet. It's getting quieter. Um, I'm sure we're going to hear some news closer we get to Thanksgiving. Uh, but Justin! And game Awards. Justin, what have you been up to? Not a lot. I was actually trying to, like, I always try to think about, like, what I've been playing on Mondays. Um, just so I'm, you know, moderately prepared for the podcast. Um... I mean, clearly, I'm still not because we started late, and it's my fault. But you know, I try to at least think about it, like do my homework. And pretty much what I have played is just some more Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, the game's still really good. I'm on like chapter eleven out of I guess sixteen. Um, I found out the other day, and it's really fun. Like, I'm in, I'm enjoying the. Uh, the choices available to you and like it really feels like there's some substantial decision making involved but obviously you don't know how much effect it has until you do another playthrough and supposedly that has its own set of problems because like unless you just go into the chapter select and like watch things again like the only way to actually get your you know kind of new game plus like progress to carry over and like get the rest of the costumes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. is to just you know restart the game and play through it again um so like i would like more of kind of like a like a theater mode where you can just go in like watch the scenes and like see how kind of like a choose your own adventure type thing Mm -hmm. like see how they would play out you know depending on your choices but i guess they want to have the replay value in there i totally get it but it means i'm probably not going to see the other options to know how much different it is um but yeah, it. Sometimes I wonder, like, if you actually can like fail or succeed at certain things and like drastically change, you know, that section of the game. Because um, there was one in particular, without getting too much into story spoilers, where you're basically trying to kind of like convince this like religious zealot mm-hmm. that you um, church of you, the oh God. What is the church's name? Fuck. I can't remember. I have the book over. It's the, not. Church it's of not fuck. Church of the Fuck. No, no, it's not Church of the Fuck. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna get the book. Ah, the book. <laughs> um, anyway, it while he's doing that, it is uh, you're trying to basically convince them that you are like, uh, you're like they're delusional and you need to you know be able to save them or whatever. Um, and there's like a, there's a key character involved in that that you're kind of like trying to break from the church's like influence or whatever. And it seemed like I failed, like, the dialogue options, um, and ended up having to, like, basically fight my way out. Church of Universal Truth. Yes. That's it. 
That's the one. Unity Gardens of the Galaxy, you're going to want to read this. Sorry. It's, I guarantee that's what the game is based on. Probably. It's what the movie's based on. A lot of it is in there. Um, just, no, again, no spoilers. It, does that comic have a character named Nikki? I don't remember. It's been about two years since I've read it. Um, okay. Has, what does Nikki look like? Um, send, me, she, well, send me a picture and I'll, I'll find... Hi, kitty. Okay. Yeah. So that doesn't... Okay. Cat! Not a, not a name that immediately pops out to me. Not like Moon, okay. not like moon Dragon. It's possible they like change names and stuff to kind of keep the you know the secret alive or whatever. But um, she's an interesting character. I like her a lot. Um, it, it definitely shows off the graphical power of the game because she looks real sometimes. Like the the facial detail, the freckles, the face, like the the uh, motion capture work is very well done. Like sometimes there's some uncanny valley stuff going on in this game. She's very convincing. Um, Mantis is very good too, but. I feel like just by nature of kind of the more um, like alien look of her, there's still that uncanny valley of like mapping a human face to kind of a, you know, alien structure. But anyway, um, actually, I really like Mantis in this. I didn't realize how much they like basically neutered her in the movies. Um, Like she can like see all time periods at once and, it's really confusing because, like, she doesn't know. Like, she, she knows basically every future, but she doesn't know which one is going to happen next. So she basically, well, of like, course he had to that. That's what Doctor Strange did, sort of. But he looked into all the different timelines, and then was able to tell like which one they succeed or whatever. Mantis basically sees like past, present, future all at once in all timelines. So the only time she actually knows, like that the you know the future is the actual future, is once it happens. So she makes a lot of comments of like, "Oh, good, this is the one where we don't die," <laughs> because of like some event that happens. It's like, "Oh, okay, now I know which timeline we're in." Um. Hmm. So yeah, she's really fun. But in general, I'm I'm liking like the narrative and the character moments in the game. Uh, more than I'm actually enjoying playing the game, if that makes sense. Like, anytime it gets, like I said, that, that section where, like, I seem to have failed the dialogue encounter and had to basically fight my way out, like, I got, I kind of checked out during that whole part. And, like, if you get to the end of, like, a combat encounter and die, it starts you back at, like, the inciting incident for that encounter. So it could have been, like, multiple, like, um, waves of enemies that you fought through. And then you got killed on, like, the last enemy that was, like, almost dead. Nope. Still, like, another ten-minute combat you have to go back oh, through. Oh, God. That, re- that reminds me of when I played through Remember Me back in 2013. That was the worst. Yeah. And the combat just isn't that great. So, like, if, if it was enjoyable, I wouldn't mind having to redo it. Like, with Spider-Man, I had to do that a lot. Um, but I also really like that combat. This yeah. feels kind of chunky. Where, like, the gameplay doesn't quite match the, like quality level of the actual production value in the game mm-hmm. um so i was i'm kind of thinking about it critically because like we're getting ready for the game of the year time and this is going to be one of those tweeners where i'm not sure where it falls because i've really enjoyed my time with it and i want to beat it but also like i get kind of burnt out when there's too much like actual gameplay <laughs> um i kind of like it as like a playable movie where you decide what they say next like that's the appeal to me. 
So I don't know. Um, but I definitely recommend it to anyone that's kind of on the fence uh, because it is a very good game. And like I said, it's very well made, um, which is important. And it's been really cool to get like all the costumes and optional collectibles and things like that. Although I feel like I've missed a lot because I have quite a bit more to unlock and I'm in like the last fourth of the game. I really don't want to do a new game plus to get the rest of the costumes, but they're super cool. <laughs> um, aside from that, there's not much. Um, I did a little bit more of this uh, Mario Party All Superstars, um, just like yeah. mini game, like mount mini game stuff against computers, um, just because I like to take on the daily challenges and stuff like that. Uh, I was supposed to stream it last week. But my capture card stopped working. Uh, so, like, I was getting ready for the stream and couldn't get a feed. So I, instead, I, like, scrambled together and, and pulled up the original Mario Party, which, you know, has some similarities, at least. <laughs> and uh, we did that over Netplay. Um, not quite the same thing, but, like, I, 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 wanted, I was stubbornly, like, insisting on getting a Mario Party stream out. Um, and it made me mad that I, like, bought this game, like, specifically to stream it. Granted, I'm I'm gonna keep playing it. But, like, I got it now, you know, for that reason. And then we didn't even get to play it. But there will be other chances. Um, Chance time. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the main thing I wanted to say here was, like, I forgot how simple the first Mario Party was. Um, because I played 2 a lot more growing up. Um and that one introduced, like, items, and, like, I thought the boards were more dynamic. Um, it had all of the minigames from the first one, some some kind of retooled in better ways, and then also, like, a bunch of new ones. So that felt like kind of, like, the definitive um, N64 Mario Party game, and so I never really went back to the first one. But, yeah, like, there's no item shops. Um, there's, like, the... That, that was the biggest difference to me, honestly. Um, so really, like, the only things you spend coins are on are stars. Or, like, a few set spots. Like, obviously, people can steal your coins at a boo and things like that. Um, and then, like, there are certain things that influence the board. But that's it. And it's kind of weird. Like... I, I felt like it was... It, it wasn't super easy to get a lot of coins... But, like, the game definitely felt a little more sterile because it didn't have as much, like, of the, the chaos factor of, you know, buying up items and, like, moving the star at the last second uh, because you drop down the chain jump or whatever that item is. Um, and then, like, you, you know, next turn, you pull up your golden pipe and go to the new star location and swipe it out from under someone. And, like, those kind of elements, I, th I think, made a big difference. Um, also, like... Considering it's the first game, you'd think that, like, the world was the oyster, but a lot of the minigames are kind of meh. It's like there's already some duds in there, and it's only the first entry. Um, that was kind of surprising. Obviously some classics, but I'm just, I'm just saying I'm surprised how many of them were, like, you know, chance games. Or the, uh, like, cut a rope and see what happens types. Um... 
So I definitely like I I, I want to spend more time with Superstars because I think it pretty much has all the best mini games from the first game at least. Some of the others I I question why they were included, but it, it at least brings in the best ones from the first few games. Um, so y'all need to get that so we can we can Mario Party up. Uh, I'll get it eventually. Yeah, it's just not in the cards right now. It came at a really horrible time, but. Um, it did. So, like I said, I was not going to get it yet. It was probably going to be like on my Christmas list or something. I thought about it, but you know, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's about it. Like I, you know, I've dabbled in a few random things on PS Vita and stuff, but unfortunately, I have to concede the rest of my time because I can't really think of anything. No harm, no foul. All right, Tyler, what do you got, buddy? Alright, so I started off the week playing a bit more of uh, Fist of the North Star uh, Lost Paradise. Um, there was a point where uh, Kenshiro is uh, in prison just for being a big dick kung fu martial artist that blows people's heads up. Uh, and he does this so he can get into the quote-unquote Lost Paradise. And um, there's a segment where uh, he recalls uh, fighting bandits in the desert, and you can use this to, like, grind out experience and um, learn moves for your skill tree. And uh, I I ground a bit, um, didn't bother saving in between, and then uh, once I was ready to take on like uh, the tournament to earn his freedom, the electricity went out. <laughs> and yeah, that was, that put a damper on my day. So, mm. so yeah, I haven't gone back to that since that little incident happened. So... I pretty much uh, dabbled uh, most of my time just playing uh, Game Boy Advance games on an emulator. Nice. nice. Um, mo- mostly Sonic Advance 1, because I just wanted to play a Sonic game and, uh, you know, just drown my sorrows from this freak n- occurrence of nature that pretty much just happened on a whim. So, I haven't played Sonic Advance 1 in probably the longest time. Um, not since it launched in 2002? That that sounds right, right? Uh, it came out around the same time as Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on GameCube, back when the Dreamcast uh, unphenomenally died away. I kind of assumed Sonic Battle on the Game Boy Advance came out around the same time as Sonic Adventure 2 on GameCube. Uh, Sonic Battle came out around the same time as Sonic Heroes in hmm. 2004, I believe. That's strange synergy. But yeah, Sonic Advance 1... This is pretty much Sonic 4 before Sonic 4, although both were developed by Dimps, and I think Sonic Events is the better game in every respect. Fuck you, Sonic 4. Anyway, Nobody likes Sonic 4. Nobody does. Yeah, the physics are jank, and unlike Sonic 4, um, Sonic Advance actually feels like uh, one of the Genesis games with a new coat of paint. Like, you've got the spin dash, you've got the spin jump... You have uh, the Insta-Shield, which I still think is the best Sonic power-up, don't at me. You kind of have a homing attack, I'm honestly not aware. Uh, While you're jumping, you can press forward twice, and it makes Sonic go into like a little dash thingy. I think that's supposed to be a homing attack, but when I use it on enemy, it didn't lock on or anything, so I'm going to assume it's just a fancy little maneuver that doesn't really do anything. So... Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, I got through, like, the first four acts. Um, I actually got stuck on uh, the fourth act as a kid, and I really didn't make it far back then. But since I'm older and wiser, I got up to 
Act 5 before I gave up this time. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, Sonic Fans 1 is pretty fun. Uh, yeah, in this game, it introduces uh, Amy as a playable character, and if I haven't t- played as her yet, but I do recall that she does use her hammer for stuff, and uh, that's pretty cool. Although she's not as fast as Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles, obviously. Which doesn't make sense because, you know, the biggest uh, Sonic soccer has to keep up with him. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, last uh, as of this recording, uh, I, f- I, cha- I was uh, challenged by the Marvelous One over here to a first to ten of Tekken 7. And I spent most of the week training on that. Um, I got in a few good matches, uh, uh, during my practice runs. I actually learned that, uh, in Season 4, Jin got a new move that can, uh, um, act as a really good launcher. I didn't utilize it at all. I literally just learned this move, and I honestly couldn't recall how to, um, apply it for, like, combos and stuff. So, I just suck to what I know. And, um... Not to spoil anything, I'm pretty sure Ben will go over it uh, in his segment, but I did pretty well. We got a full 19 matches, but he eventually came out on top, and um, again, I'm going to congratulate you on a fine performance, good sir. Good shit. Uh, thank you, good sir. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, never like watched much. a fighting com- fighting game competition or anything, and I mean, granted, I you know I had to be there for commentary purposes, but yeah. like that was like the most fun I've had, like, watching video games in a long time, and it was a fighting game. Like, yeah, it was right. very good. Yeah, now imagine that with people of, like, high level and, like, you know, like, who can do even more amazing stuff. Like, that's, like, and but it all boils down to, like, circumstances that we ran into yesterday. Um, yeah. Is, is that it, Tom? Point is, there's some good ass yeah. Tekken. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be a light show today, folks. Uh, we're all tired, <laughs> which is fine. Um, so for me, uh, I I pretty much played... Uh, I'll start off with It Takes Two. Uh, me and Thomas uh, started that this past Saturday uh, because it dropped on Game Pass literally like the day after we had did this show. We were originally going to do The Ascent again, that cyberpunk game that was also on Game Pass. Because we really enjoyed playing that game. We wanted to go back to it. But then I was like, oh my god, It Takes Two is finally on Game Pass. And I got to say... I knew, luckily, unlike um, It's a a Way Out, which is made by the same people, I don't really know much, I didn't really know much about this game, so I don't know. I know it's supposed to be an emotional roller coaster, just like uh, A Way Out is, but I don't know, like, what the, what the breaking point is, so I'm, I'm spoiler, I'm spoiler free, um, but I won't get into any kind of story details, um, just come watch the streams live on Saturdays at, uh, 6 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv, it's Iggy2814, um, it's a it's a it's a co-op plat puzzle platformer um with a story element about um a mom and a dad uh, two parents rather who are basically on the verge of getting divorced and their bodies get trapped inside these little dolls made by their kid and they pretty much have to escape to uh get into the back to the real, real world and it's pretty much them that's the story without going to it uh, there's a wonderful book that's called The Book of Love, and he talks with a spending section like this. You need love! You know, he talks like that. Very energetic. I, oh, my God. I love that book so much. Um, but it's really pretty. Uh, online feels really, really good. Like, it's crazy how, like, it fit, like it does split screen, and normally I hate split screen, but I didn't even feel like I noticed it. Like, I, it was, 
I don't know. Uh, they've somehow managed to just make me not think about uh, split screen. But it's very fun. The physics feel really good. It feels good platforming. It feels good double dumping and dashing. Like you can tell they studied a lot of like what makes 3D platformers fun and how they control. It's really solid because we've pl- I've played good decent amount of 3D platformers that just don't get it or like they feel clunky, they feel intuitive, or they're trying to feel like the N64. I'm looking at you, ukulele. I'm looking at you. That's not a good reason. <laughs> I knew you're gonna bring uh, that up. Sorry. Um, luckily the sequel, the, the spinoff sequel, what, I don't know. The, the two, the 2D game. It's a sequel in a different place. Yeah, the two, lucky the 2D game is a lot better. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, God, try it takes two, like seriously, play it with a buddy, play it with somebody who's close to you. Um, we didn't beat it because I felt like, I don't, I don't know how long this game is, but I know it's a way out is not that long. So we'll probably beat it with either this coming session or the next session, depending on how far we get, but there's some shit you don't expect to see in there and it does that wonderful trouble of like let's shrink everything down and everything else around you huge and make it terrifying um but uh regardless of who you play as uh it's a lot of fun it's god it's 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 one of it's gonna be one of my contenders for games of the year that's for sure uh just by playing it initially and just everything about it um, besides that... I want to play it, but the two people I'd probably play it with are playing it together. You, you so. have Tyler right here. He's never free. You work... You work too much. Work a schedule, true. motherfucker. I talk with Thomas Ty, and be like... Got, I got Mondays and there, Sundays. There you, there you go. Ty, you want to you wanna play Takes Two? There you go, see? I, I mean, I can't do sure. Mondays, though, because it's that's, that's this. There you go. So... How long is it? Like, how far did you get? Do you we think? got a we we played we only played about two hours, uh, and we felt like we got a good chunk of the game. We did like three or four stages. We did a couple of bosses, so about two hours. I I, okay. I doubt it's more than six hours because the way out was not that long either. Um, and especially if you yeah, if, especially if you blitz through it. And and there's like mini games you can find. You can play and they're just like a way out. They're a little bit more off the beaten path, um, but they're fun. Uh, so far we played like we played whack a mole. That was fun. Oh, that was so that was so fun. <laughs> Um, besides that, the only game I've really been playing this week has been Trials of Mana Remake, which I can proudly say I beat it, the base game, today, uh, which is really, really cool. I fought, my boss of this run was the Lich King, and God, it looks like, I kind of want to play this, the SNES version again to get this boss, because it looks, it looks like a beating heart with thorns and a dude in the middle of it. It's gnarly, and for what I remember looking up at the guides in the SNES version, it was the hardest. Uh, the Lich King is the hardest boss. Uh, no, not the Lich King. I can't remember what this one's called. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's one of the it's the uh, hardest boss in that version. It was kind of annoying here, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, I still maintain that the wall fight in both the SNES version and the and the um, remake is the most bullshit <laughs> fight of them all, just because it's just pushing you. And you have to fight that thing again on your way to fighting uh, Belladonna. Uh, the if you choose. Um, uh, Reese as your main character, so but uh, but I beat it, got the happy ending, you know, got the monetary revived again, got the good emotional ending. God, it's a very solid remake. Um, it felt faster than the original game, um, and I think that's good. I think that luckily it, it'd be one thing if you only had this experience, but at least with both the collection of mana getting the original Sensetsu uh, uh, 3, I can't pronounce it fully, I'm sorry, the original Trials of Mana. And then this game, you get you can have, you can choose your flavor of what you want since both versions are available. Um, even though you get a not good Game Boy game and a very crappy Secret of Mana, 
Um, sorry, every time I have to take Dick's a secret, the internet lied to me all these years. Oh, it's the best RPG ever. Like, y'all fucking blow up. Smoke up your ass. What are we all smoking? Um, but honestly, Secret of Evermore is, is a better, you know, secret game than Secret of yeah. Mana. And it's not even a Secret of Mana no, game. No, it's not a Mana game. It's, it's not. It's just if that, it just has a similar title. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, it plays kind of similar too, but it's better. But in, uh, in true remake fashion, they added some post game content. Um, and I think I'm almost done with it. It's not long, which thankfully it's not long. Um, pretty much it adds a new class and it's kind of weird because it technically happens before your final boss fight with the main villain. And pretty much at, after you beat the boss, whichever, cause there's three bosses in secret, it mana you get depending on which character you choose. Um, which I love that idea. I love that idea that, that there's other bosses depending on what character. This means replayability is just right there. Um, and it's this, wit- it's this witch who's been trapped in this other dimension. And she's pretty much like, ah, I've after 10,000 years, I'm free. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and Make my monster grow. And so uh, you pr- this book is pretty much telling, summons you to uh, Veniza, uh, I think Duran's home sit- hometown our home state, whatever it's called, a country. And uh, he's told, you're told that, like, she is going to arise, you have to do something, you have to get to class four. And it kind of feels weird that they talk in that sense because they don't ever mention upgrading classes in, like, in terms of the story for it. So it felt a little weird. If Honestly, this is what it felt like. It felt like that anime movie that comes after the season ended where, like, now they get these new powers and, like, now they get to all these things, even though after the main villain has been destroyed. Oh, okay, this is a little weird, but we're we're gonna go with it. Uh, but I've actually just beaten, gotten all three classes, new four class fours for Hawkeye, Reese, and um, Charlotte, and they all look cool. New outfits to get a new super move. It's all really cool, and it was worth it. I initially almost gave up because um, for Reese, the first thing you do is you um, is you fight. Against this bee thing. Uh, so the, the pretty much the story is that you need to find an item. They need to find an item that's special for them. Luckily, this version doesn't make you like... Luckily, this the, the game will tell you exactly where to go. Um, and you it, for each character, you have to fight a boss. Um, and for Reese, it was like these giant bee things that were super hella hard to deal with. Oh my god. Like, it just... It felt like... like the they're constantly throwing shit at you. If you're going to do that fight... Take out the enemy, the, the, the smaller bees first, then work on the big bee. You'll have a much easier time. And just try to survive. That's pretty much what I did if you're not overleveled. Um, Charlotte's boss fight was... Uh, God, what was Charlotte's boss fight? I can't even remember, honestly. Oh, Charlotte's boss fight was just a big zombie. It was kind of uninspired, but still cool. Um, but Hawkeye's uh, boss fight I thought was really cool because it was a giant mimic. Because uh, his brother, or his I guess his close friend, who's a, like a brother to him, Eagle... Um, like hid the treasure, and of course he would trick it to be a booby trap and put a giant mimic chest, and it's this big red mimic chest. It's it's really cool. But by that point, the it, the boss was nothing to me. Like in terms of in terms of uh my level, what I do like from a story standpoint is that pretty much each character like suffers from tragedy. So Charlotte's her parents died before she was she knew them. Um. Uh, Hawkeye, his Eagle, he he dies in the proceedings of what happens with Belladonna, and all the all the other all the other pl- things. And of course, Reese, uh, her mom and died. Her mom and dad died 
Um, so she has to rule the kingdom. And each character gets something that we all want whenever our loved one goes. We want that last goodbye. And all like the, the Star Wars spirit forms of them appear to them like one last time. Uh, with the exception of Eagle, it's like a pre-recorded message. But in the instance of Charlotte and Reese, it's pretty much like we're so proud of you. You know, we're, we're sorry that we left you this way. And it's, it gives you that sense of, not to say that the game wasn't missing it. Um, in the, in the early on, cause I didn't cry for, I didn't like feel like it was missing from the base game, but it felt like a nice closure to it for it. Like it's rewarding you with story content. Um, then, uh, in the, in, in this post game, it felt worth playing it. And it doesn't seem long. Cause like I said, I'm probably going to beat it after this. Um, we're at the boss. I'm at the final boss. I don't know how difficult she is. Um, I'm scared to find out how difficult she is, but we'll see. Uh, I'm actually, and funny enough, I wasn't even going to do the post game. I was going to just start a new run with Angela, Duran, and Kevin. Yes, the hero known as Kevin. Um, and just do another mm-hmm. run. I'm still probably going to do that. I, I really want to just play them again because I've never, I want to see what the other three play through. And then probably put it down for a while and then come back and like mix and match. I actually thought about doing a party combination of Kevin, uh, Angela, and Reese. And I coined it as uh, two hot girl, two hot women and an awkward furry. Um, that was going to be my, 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 and a pizza place. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was going to be my, my, uh, my screenplay for a secret of Mana movie. Uh, two hot women and a, and an awkward furry <laughs> named uh, awkward furry. Na- so the big bang an awkward theory furry named Kevin. Wait, somebody a furry on the big bang theory. So twilight. Okay. No. I was like, now twilight's actually more that's accurate. True. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that that's about it. Um, I mean, like I, I've streamed. I don't want to talk about the stream games I played. Oh, I guess I'll talk about the first second. Yeah, that was that was a uh, that was arduous. Um, it was fun. Uh, I swear, I thought Tyler was gonna whoop my ass ten zero. Uh, considering he is more familiar with the three D space than always. Um, shout out to Justin and, and Nero uh, and or Low on on uh, on commentary duties. That was. Y'all did a great job. I, I can't. I hear. I heard y'all. It was ASMR to my ears. <laughs> it's funny because I was. I'm acting as both talent and producer because I have the. I have the the audio on my ear. Make sure that I'm managing the stream. I'm managing the scoreboard. It was. It felt like. Granted, it's very rough in this presentation, but it's there. And if you come to my stream, you see the names. You see the score. It's ex- you know exactly what's going on, uh, and it's great. Um, we're gonna add more improvements to the stream, but it was some of those matches were crazy, Tyler. Uh, the, some of those. Jim yeah, hurts a lot is what I've learned. Um, but it was a pleasure. Jim figure. Um, uh, yep. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely... Todd and I will lock horns at some point. I Again, I want to do these once a month at some at, at some point uh, against either Tyler or Lowe. Maybe if Justin's not a coward, he'll play me in Mortal Kombat. Um, he wants to talk about his Mortal Kombat prominence, but like... Uh, not like, I mean, like... I, also, I, like, I talk I'd about like how Mortal out. Kombat is what I grew up with. I don't talk about how I'm good at Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but it'll be fun. It'll it'll be fun. I I I, I I'll use my light rain combos to to beat you. Um, uh, also, I would like to take this opportunity to point out that uh, Justin uh, arbitrarily said that the loser has to give up Tekken forever, and I will con- and I will I will counterpoint by saying that. Whoever uh, lost this uh, first to ten uh, will only concede if you beat one of us five zero. Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> um, yep. no. it's a fair bet. So um, I he, here, okay, here we go. If we can get 
Soul Calibur 2 working over Netplay, I'll do a first yeah. 10 of that. Let's do it. My Keelix a monster. I actually do love Keelix, but I, I wanted to do two so I could be Link. Oh, we can, we can, he's not the best can, character, but he's my favorite. We can do... S- He's the best guest character out of the three. I like. I'm, I'm just saying. I played Tyler in a game that I'm not familiar with because I'm not a coward. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, but That's true. Uh, I said this on stream yesterday. I'm gonna say this again. My ultimate goal is to do an open, a open bracket for everybody uh, for Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Probably not this year because it's a lot to organize. Because um, I want it to not just be like just a score. I want to have a whole little fucking shebang for it. Um, but I want to do a whole tournament, even if it's like super small, even if it's only eight people and it's only like a two-hour tournament. I don't care. I want to, I want to have Lo and Justin on commentary, me running the producer side, um, and then everybody else on matches, and I'm calling people like, okay, you're up, you're on deck, you know. Do I want to be that? I want to do that once. I want to put on a fucking pay-per-view sh- like type show, but for like people who maybe like they like fighting games, but maybe there's not a, they don't feel like they want to play on stream, but. They don't feel like there's an, like they can't get on anywhere. So I want to use somewhat of my viewership to get that. And also the best part of the Tekken stream is seeing people who don't really watch fighting games and like having a fucking great time and enjoying themselves and like getting all hyped and shit. Like that, I think that to me is the best part. Yeah, that's real good. Like, fighting games are fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it, guys, for the game section. So uh, hang out for just a little bit. Uh, we'll be right back, and we'll be with mm. the news in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the news portion of the Charged Gamescast. This this show is probably not going to be too long, guys, uh, but that's fine. I'm still feeling the effects from yesterday. I probably shouldn't have streamed Mass Effect 3 after the the two hour first to ten, but whatever I did four hours, I think that's good. Um, okay, uh, so let's get right Admirable. into it. We all know about the devastating news of the Mario movie that has caused its cause, and and uh, we know that Seth Rogen was cast as Donkey Kong, and now it seems that a spinoff movie is already in the works. Um, Wow. <laughs> a solo Donkey that, I feel like that says Donkey Kong Live. Probably. A solo Donkey Kong movie is reportedly in the works with Seth Rogen to set reprise his upcoming role as the iconic Nintendo character. According to Giant Freaking Robot, Donkey Kong will be the next Nintendo character heading to the big screen following the Super Mario Brothers movie while wow, they're already building the Smash Brothers cinematic universe. Uh, Seth, they better. Seth Rogen has already been confirmed to voice Donkey Kong as a side character in the upcoming Smash, Super Smash Super Mario Brothers. Super Smash Brothers. God damn it. Super Mario Brothers movie, so it's not a huge leap to see Rogan head up his own solo project. Uh, GFR claims that the Uploading.com movie is currently in development at Illumination, the studio that, yeah, of course, brought Sickle Me and the Minions to the big screen. The company's also working on, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Thank you, IG. Thank you. Uh, well, this is all just filler. Like, they have to have so many words for the article. Well, very much in the report, the folks at Giant Freak Robot have tracked a good record breaking movie. Excuse me, a couple years confirmed that Ryan Gosling has been cast in the upcoming Barbie movie. Uh, among other stories, also pointing out that movies can be in development before being substantially canceled, so it's an assurance that the movie will arrive. Um, they very much confirmed Super Mario Bros. movie will also... Okay, this is just... Okay, fuck yeah, it. It's filler. So, it's yeah. Uh, how, how do we feel, guys? We're, we're like, I... So he's he's playing... Movie's like, not out he's yet. He's playing Donkey Kong Country Donkey, right? He's not playing Cranky. Yeah, Cranky Kong is also in the movie. Okay. So we're gonna have both. Cool. So... Who okay? So obviously we're that means we're gonna get Diddy. 
We're gonna get probably King, King K. Rule. King K. Rule. We're gonna get. See, he. Sh- I'm sorry. I love Seth Rogen. He should have been Funky Kong. Maybe he'll do both. I don't know. Yeah. Right. He, honestly, he should have been King K. Rule. He would have been. Oh my god, he would have been a great King K. Rule. Are you kidding me? Seth yeah. Rogen is everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. But it's live action. No. So they just they do. They'll probably cast Kevin Hart as Diddy Kong. Watch. Watch. I can mark, see that. Mark actually. my words, and it's not going to fit. It's not It's not that out of and left then, field. They had the voice actor for Yoshi in the Super Mario World cartoon be Diddy in the anime Donkey Kong really? show. And then get um, uh, Dwayne Johnson as, like, Chunky Kong no. or Funky or, you know, one, one of the big, big monkeys. Dwayne should be King K. Rule if we're going to put him in there. Oh, my God. That'd be yeah, rad. I just feel like he needs to be another monkey so they can bounce off each no, other. No, let him be the villain so they can bounce off each other that way. Oh my god, I would love for Dwayne to be like a like a, car, a cartoonish bad guy. Uh, can you smell what K. Rule is? <laughs> I think cooking. K. Rule do like the, like the Gator's eyebrow or it, the Alec. That would be, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, With his fucked up yeah. eye. Yes, it it already fits. Um. I'll, I'm just saying, if you're gonna make, if this is gonna be Donkey Kong Country, you gotta get uh, Greg. W- I think it's the composer's Greg Wise, the original composer for the Donkey Kong Country games. Mm-hmm. Get him on board to get those get m- songs in the movie. Damn it, that's all I ask. That'd be dope. Yeah, right. Like, I, honestly, like people can say what they want about Donkey Kong 64. I think that would be the story to adapt. Probably, yeah, because it's it's a good cast of monkeys. It's a solid, like, just overall, um, like, the, it, it's got the most, like, you know, story narrative to it. Right. Like, it would make the most sense. What? You know what would be crazy? They won't do it. But I, like, if you don't know DK lore, and uh, uh, Wolf Chaos, on, he talked about this when he was on here, uh, about the uh, the Great Banana War uh, between the, the Kremlings and, and, the, and the Monkey and the Donkeys. I really hope they reference that in the movie. It doesn't have to be a flashback or anything like that. It just referenced the fact that there was a great war long ago. Like, like maybe open it like 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 Black Panther, where you're telling the history of DK Island, but you're talking about the Great Kremlin War. They did that shit in the Sonic movie with the Echidna, so I yeah, can see it's, that. It's true. It depends on what kind of movie they're going for, right? Um, uh, I, I don't know why. I'm more excited for a... I th- guys, I think I'm I'm more of a Donkey Kong person than I am a Mario person. Uh, honestly. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, just the the potential for a Donkey Kong movie, I think, is way higher than a Mario movie. Like, Mario doesn't do much. I mean... Just saves a princess I mean, from a monster, have, that's like, it. Uh, in the main games, for sure. It's just platforming, save the princess. Uh, it's most, The most interesting stuff is the RPG uh, games that do the fun, comedic, or, like, interesting character stuff. Um, whereas DK... I mean, DK is, you know, the, the original Donkey Kong Country games... Uh, those aren't exactly story barn burners themselves, but you know we stuck with them for so long. Uh, I mean, like it depends on who you ask for DK, because I guarantee there's going to be a people who are DK. Like, why isn't he kidnapping Pauline? Why isn't he throwing barrels at Mario? You know, there's going to be a segment of people like that, uh, even though they all should be like because that's going to be the whole Cranky Kong. thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's original. That's OG. I would have finished this movie in five minutes. <laughs> I I want to like give me aquatic. I just want the music to be give me aquatic ambulance. Give me you know jungle beat. Uh, give me all the those good Greg Weiss tracks um, and stuff like that. And we need a reference to the DK rap that has to open the movie. It's like the Digimon movie; like they open up with Can't the write. Digimon rap. I mean, they they could do like a like a Shrek thing. You know, it plays over the credits. Like the cast comes out, oh. and like they do the DK rap. Yeah, oh my god! Can you imagine Seth Rogen doing his 
Seth Rogen should do the DK rap. Just just him. Just that would be funny. Yeah. That would be so fucking hilarious. Um Or if they get some kind of like you know, like let's say Aquafina as Dixie. I'm not I'm not saying that's a good pick. That would be a good pick though. <laughs> that would it's it's actually it's not, not a bad, bad pick. Not but I'm just saying, you know, someone that raps yeah. like by nature and then, you know, get them in there at the end. We'll get like we'll get like different variations of the DK rap. Oh my god. If I in twenty twenty five, because that's when I think this movie will come out. If it ever comes, if it comes out, because it's in there, it's just still planning shit, and who knows how well this Mario movie is going to do. I, if the idea that the possibility I could hear the DK rap in a movie is hilarious to me. Oh my god, yeah, that's too. Yeah. Also, let's not pretend that the Mario movie won't make bank. It will. Like it's Mario. That's true. That's true. Um, we'll we'll have we'll have to see, but I. But yeah, we need we need one of these movies to end with like. Maybe Kirby or like, let's just go full on Master Hand comes out and like does sign language to say like, you know, I need you to Are join you aware the Smash of the Bros. Initiative. initiative. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Or no, it's gonna be Sakurai himself. That'd be beautiful. Like as a live action character, he just walks into yeah, right. the animation, like at Space Jam. I just think it'd be great. All right, cool. So yeah, the, the Donkey Kong Country movie coming, and call it don't just call it Donkey Kong the movie. Call it Donkey Kong Country the movie. Call it what it is. Give her their due because, like, I get that Donkey Kong was already an icon beforehand in the eighties, but like for a lot of people who are going to be, you know, around their thirties, got into their forties uh, by the time this movie comes out, like it's it's DKC who are going to be the more cognitive, like has the more popular thing with it. So make a Donkey Kong Country movie. Give me Jungle Japes. Give me all that track. Give me that good shit. I could be wrong. I would see it being a subtitle. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would call it. Donkey Kong Country Return of K. Roll or something. We can't stop here. This is Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no country for all donkeys. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that would be great. Okay, so speaking of movies, speaking of movies, uh, there is a distinct lack of kaiju brawlers in the video game subworld. Yeah, right? So now we have gameplay and details reveal for a new monster brawler called Dawn of the Monsters. This is by Way Forward. Uh, oh, it's published by Way Forward. Way and it looks Forward. Like it's developed by 13AM Games. Um, and uh, so I'm going to read the description while uh, the trailer is playing. Publisher Way Forward, also known as the developer, <laughs> also known as the beloved developer behind games like Contra 4, DuckTales Remastered, and The Boys Blob, don't exclude Shantae, god damn it, um, is partnering with developer 13AM Games on Dawn of the Monsters, a new co-op brawler in which you get to play as a kaiju who stands up to giant monsters and in- inadvertently trashes the fully destructible fictional cities of New Toronto in the process. It is out due in the first half of 2022 for PS5, PS4, uh, all the Xboxes, Nintendo Switch, and PC. There are four playable monsters, Megadon, Ganera, Aegis Prime, and Tempest Galahad. Ooh, those are good names. Each has brutal yeah, each has brutal abilities, cataclysmic attacks, and finishing moves. As you can see in the trailer above and in the screenshots below, Dawn of the Monsters is a unique comic book art look like comic book like art style and way forward says the kaiju designs are done by re- legendary godzilla character creator shinji uh, nishikawa and godzilla comic book artist matt frank uh it won't be all boss fights across on the monsters 35 missions there are dozens of regular enemy types standing in your way as well and you'll be br- and you'll be able to bring one friend into battle and co-op you you can also customize your kaiju expect to see more uh about the monsters next year as this release window coaches so 
I'm looking at the screenshots, and I need this now. I need it now. Yeah, I right need it now. This game was made for oh us. Oh my god. I really like the art style. Yeah, definitely. It's the, so cool. the colors. Oh my god. Uh, I'm I'm talking myself out of the OLED, but I can see like on the OLED these colors just like popping like crazy. Um, yeah. Oh my god. It's this is fantastic. Um, and it just came out of nowhere too. Um, obviously, and the fact that they got a uh, a Godzilla artist on here is just like, you know, super fitting. Um, the, the the destruction. There's a few monster brawlers coming out soon. Like it's a it's a resurging genre, and there was rumors that a Pacific Rim game is coming too. It just hasn't been announced yet. So like, Tyler, are you gonna main the Jet Jaguar ass robot monster? Hell yeah. Uh, uh, like, yeah, I'm curious to see how this runs on Switch, obviously, um, but because uh, I would prefer to have it on Switch. But yeah, these 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 monster designs look, look great. Um, and then uh, I I need this now. This looks so cool. This looks so fuck. Only four monsters. Though. Yeah, it's a small roster. It's probably a budget title, and hope hopefully if it does yeah. well, um, we'll get more monsters or like it all you know d- DLC or stuff like that. But. Uh, yeah, hopefully it gets the Streets of Rage four uh, treatment. Yeah, I I hope so. Like, come on, Toho, you're sitting on a fucking plethora of like, make a fucking game already. Got or pay somebody to make a good game already. Shit. Um, sorry. Well, I mean, we're also, getting one, so this is the closest we're gonna get. And happy birthday cool, to Godzilla! So. I didn't say that last week, and you can check out a new Godzilla versus Hedera mini movie that's out now. It's actually pretty pretty fun for like five minutes. Um. Yeah, it's, it's it's out there, Sully. So there you go. Uh, Brawl of Monsters. And yes, I will first attend anybody in this if this has online play. I will beat your ass. Um, Let's go. Okay. So not anything else to say, boys, before we move on? I need this injected into my veins. <laughs> okay. So unfortunately, we do have some bad news uh, in regards to a certain Marvel game coming out next year. No Avengers is not shutting down. Uh, sorry, I have to do it every time. Um, yeah, and, uh, we have some news about Marvel Midnight Suns. Um, hey everyone, uh, on behalf of Firaxis Games, uh, is it Firaxis or Fireaxis? First it's Firaxis. I don't um, know. thank you for sharing just how excited you are for Marvel's Midnight Suns. We've been thrilled to see your reaction to everything from announcements of the game to reveal our card-based tactical combat. Marvel's Midnight Suns is a true dream project for the team, and we can express what it honors to create something new in the Marvel Universe. We decided to show that we made the very tough decision to move our launch window to the second half of 2022. We know that many fans were looking forward to playing the game originally next spring, and this decision did not come lightly. We decided to push our launch because we needed more time to make this game the best game possible. We believe in our creative vision for Marvel's Midnight Suns and want to do justice in delivering an unforgettable adventure in the set of the supernatural side of Marvel. These extra months will be used to add more story, cinematics, and overall polish, and will be essential in the helping us make our vision a reality. Which, overall, uh, we'll see how that goes to them. Because, as we know, sometimes even delaying a game can ultimately still make it worse. Um, I'm not saying... I haven't heard any development problems with this game, like you've had heard with some other problems. But, uh, you know, that, that I think... And honestly, if you look at the first half of 2022, it's fucking packed with big release after yeah. big release. So I honestly think it's kind of like maybe from like a business standpoint, it may not be the best decision for them considering, you know, when the first half of 22 ends and it's when your quarterly ends, 
God, why am I talking to you? I'm a fucking business major. What the fuck, Ben? I know, right? Anyways, <laughs> um, I think it's smart. Okay, let's just move out, move out to the second half of 2022, and let's see what goes from there. And hopefully, the game will come <clears> out <throat> to people's expectations because you don't want to like I. Nobody wants an Avengers level type of launch like Avengers had. You don't want that. So um, I know people are excited for this game, and I hope they can keep up the. Uh, the, the momentum going into next year and we'll probably see like a big new the, all this stuff around E3 time um, when that happens yeah according to the okay. comments nobody wants this game anyway they're just like great now you can take the time to not make it a card game <laughs> idiots wow Ben listen I w- Ben are these all your alt accounts no, I've, I've been very quiet about this game I just I just don't like deck building that's all man That that's all um, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> you can hear him. Oh. My dog. Okay. Uh, my dog. So there you go. Unfortunately, it's been delayed, so hopefully it comes out to the best of its, uh, the best of its ability. Um, and they're probably, guys, they're not going to remove the card thing. They're not. Shut up. Just, just stop it. Like, don't. Yeah. I think it'll be better than what you're thinking. Like, you know, all the dissenters are thinking. Like, they know what they're doing with the battle system. Okay, I... This is the XCOM team. They wouldn't change it up if they didn't have a yeah, you'll, you'll, smart Yeah, you'll just miss at 99%. That's what that's what happened. Um, well, well, I mean, that like that's that's true. Yeah. You will miss at 99% uh, here. That happens in Baldur's Gate 3, too, though, so oh. it's fine. All right, so now we have... Speaking of Avengers, we have our final bit of news, which is we finally get a release date for Spider-Man. Um... The ex- Still no footage or no anything. Footage, which makes me believe it's not. This is. I don't. I'm calling it right now. He's not coming out this month. Because um, we would have heard. Why would they give us the date? Though? It's weird, right? Because they're gonna. You don't have that date unless he's like almost ready. Unless somebody put something out they weren't supposed to, but who knows? Um, who, oh, no. uh, after months of waiting, further complicated by COVID nineteen pandemic, Spider Man is finally coming to Marvel's Avengers on November thirtieth, exclusive for PlayStation players. Ugh. Spider-Man is releasing as part of Spider-Man with the Great Power Hero event in Marvel's Avengers, which will tell the story of Spider-Man through unlocking challenges. Surprisingly, Square Enix made the release date announcement as only a small part of its broader content. They're like, we got this and we got this. Also, Spider-Man's coming out in November. And we got this and we got this and we got this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like they couldn't make that the focus because it's a console exclusive. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man is releasing, yeah, well, surprisingly, Square Enix, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as you can see, Discordant Sound Raid. That sounds like a uh, like a like a club you would go to. Hey, you want to go to Discord Sound Raid? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a thing with Claw because he has his like his sonic. Yeah, he's sentient. Blaster, he's sentient sound or whatever. Yeah, sentient sound. That that, yeah. that that actually. Okay, I hate on Avengers a lot for a good reason, but I'm looking at this roadmap and seeing Claw as sentient sound is pretty damn cool. Um, yeah, they get the. Oh, that is. Since you'll probably never play it again, that is the final boss oh, of the actually, War for Wakanda. They did it. They made Claw sentient sound. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. It's a great boss. I'll watch fight. it on YouTube. Okay. Um, well, again, yeah. the I, the I, the positive part I had about Avengers was that final mission when you're playing as all the team members and you're you're, you're kicking Aim and Modok's ass. Um, the rest of the game just sucks. Uh, that's not true. The multiplayer sucked. The a- after the main story ended, that sucks. Um, yeah. In Spider-Man story mode, Peter Parker discovers that the AIM plans to acquire tech that would make the robot army invinci- invincible, prompting Spidey to join forces with Miss Marvel and Black Widow, who remain unaware of his identity. 
One of Spider-Man's big conflicts throughout his journey will be whether to stay a solo superhero or lend his strength to the Avengers Initiative. Uh, Spider-Man being a placing exclusive stirred up a fair amount of controversy in the Marvel's Avengers player community, with some players worrying he won't be a substantial character since only a portion of players will have any access to him. Marvel's Avengers coming to Game Pass, uh, Game Pass to Xbox and PC just as ever has only widened that gap. Uh, the, and this is more information on the update. November 30th update brings several new features for all players, thankfully. A new claw raid set after the events of Wave War for Wakanda will have the Avengers returning to the Vibranium Mound to defeat Claw once and for all. Here's what to expect. Crystal Dynamics is also increasing the maximum player power levels from 150 to 175. Gear recycling will let you recycle high-powered gear to boost your current gear if you prefer to keep your current look. Shipments, a new path for players to earn cosmetics and others via gameplay. Shipments will cost 500 units in-game currency. And pulls from a collection of in-game items with a chance to contain an outfit that can't be acquired any other way. Thankfully, you can see what's in the shipment before purchasing it, and you're guaranteed to get a special outfit in every 100 shipments. Crystal Dynamics says it'll be more sharing information about this feature in the future. Per uh, Hero Weekly objectives, rather than using only one hero per week to farm challenges, you can farm rewards with each hero now. Crystal Dynamics says it's exploring, applying this change to other parts of Marvel Avengers as well. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if Spider-Man will truly check up Marvel's Avengers community. For now, Square Enix has had some less than kind words for the troubled games to serve a superhero adventure. The publisher called negative reception to the game as a disappointing outcome. The implication being that Crystal Dynamics roots as a single-player studio, single-player game studio didn't mesh well with a uh, games as service project. And to that, I say, no shit! Right. Because it shouldn't have been a games right. as service product. Yeah. So. You had, you had, you yeah. had the, part, the fucking hottest license in the fucking world. And you, to quote Angry Joe, who I don't like doing it, you done fucked it up. Um, sorry. Yeah. Um... But that being said, this roadmap still looks great. Yeah, I'm, I I will say that it seems there is quality of life coming back to the Avengers. And that for players, for people who aren't leaving and people who are coming back, I wonder if my save file is compatible with the Game Pass version. Probably not. Um, but uh, who knows? Don't you still own it? But it runs better on... I don't fucking know. Um, I don't know. Oh, you're thinking, like, on PC. Yeah, I'm thinking gotcha. of that. Um, so I don't think so. But, yeah, I mean, like, if if it truly is getting better, um, like, I don't want to be in there. Like, I, I, I don't mind poking fun of it, but I don't really want to dog on this game too much because I feel like now it's just beating a dead horse. Um, yeah. But, like, if, if, if I, I still think, that, I mean, the Spider-Man thing is still bullshit. Um, but, like, if... If there's other quality of life stuff coming, then and it's making the people happy. And the war, it seems like the war of Wakanda stuff was cool for everybody. Yeah, um, that's good. Then I don't know. I I feel like they could have backpedaled on the Spider-Man stuff and said we're going to put it out there for everyone, and no one would have cared. Like, I mean, sure, the Sony fanboys would be like, "Oh, they're caving and giving Spider-Man to the Xbox." But nobody cares about those idiots. No, they're a small minority. Right. So I don't see why they didn't. Unless it is just a thing where, like, Sony is is paying for the inclusion, and so they get them to themselves. But this is why... It's it's a weird thing, like, I admit. I'm going to get to use them, and it's still a weird thing. Yeah, and, and like, again, I still say the big... One of the biggest problems with this game is that... That could have solved a lot. I mean, granted, it would have added more development time, so it's not easy to, to say this, but like, I feel like crossplay should have been implemented 
if you're going to do something like a big, mm-hmm. massive multiplayer thing, you can you combine PlayStation, Xbox, and PC users across all platforms. Yeah, you're going to run into more bugs that way, into more definitely from PC players fucking fucking with shit. But I mean, there's already plenty of bugs. yeah, true. Um, but I feel like that would have helped a lot of problems. Obviously, that's not easy to add. Um, depending on the scale and the size of the project, but I think that would have like eased everything. But obviously, probably they, may, who knows? Maybe at some point they were talking about it, and then like, hey, we got this. Obviously, can't do it because like, how would you then incorporate the fact that this Spider-Man character is only on PlayStation? Like, how do you? And then mm-hmm. like, you want to join a lobby? Um, uh, you know how do like? Also, like, it's fairly expensive generally to do crossplay. Yeah. And they might have just, like, thought about it as part of the roadmap, and then when they retooled the roadmap because the game wasn't doing well, they're like, well, that's probably one thing we can just quietly not put out there. Yeah, who knows? I mean, not to say that Crossplay was ever talked about for this game. It wasn't, but I think it would have been nice to have it there. Um, but who knows? Uh, uh, it is, I think Avengers is still burning money. It's not financially it's not great um people are still yeah. leaving a lot i don't i don't know how the uh, xbox game pass uh is helping um now that it, it came out over a year i know i won't lie it probably got a little bit of a boost just because it's on game pass i'll try it um uh, considering it was a lot harder to find players on xbox versus people on playstation mm-hmm. since most people bought it on playstation for spider-man um I mean, there's still a ton of people that boot it up, play through the campaign, and then drop it. And it is a perfectly good game to do that with. It's just not what the developers intended, so it plays kind of funky because it's got that games of service stuff shoehorned in where it's like, if you just want to enjoy the single-player campaign, you're going to have to deal with the games of service stuff still to do yeah, that. Yeah, and that, I think, and that's where the story stuff suffers when it forces you to, to do that um, versus taking yeah. in like the Marvel Universe and the characters and stuff like that, so... There you go. Um, well, hopefully Spider-Man plays cool, and hopefully it's not a bug-filled mess when he launches uh, at the end of this month. Well, he is a bug. Well, so. No, he's yeah, not a bug. Insane. He's an arachnid. Stop it. Stop perpetrating lies. <laughs> I will not have that on my show. Um, sorry. To be fair, he's an arachnid, not yeah, really a bug. I, uh, I mean, everyone in the movies and stuff calls him a bug. Yeah, because they're idiots, and they're probably Trump voters. Anyways. Um, wow. Uh, it's... <laughs> Doc Ock is a very smart man. He's smarter than you. As, as I've learned with case. a certain Packers quarterback, just because you're a smart person doesn't mean you're actually fucking smart. Fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. Well, um, anyways. Um, yeah, that's Yeah, cool. so I'm a critical thinker. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, I mean, look at look at Tony. Look at um, uh, Will Defoe. Uh, well, who does he play? Ha- fuck. Norman no, look at Norman Osborn. Genius. Fucking mad as hell and crazy. There you go. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you're... I'm something of a scientist myself. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you're smart. (laughs) All right, boys. It's time to move on to our news topic of the day, uh, which, as Justin titled it, as I titled it perfectly, New Genres to New Players. And what does that mean? Well, uh, I decided, like, well, what is it like introduced... Like, say you're an avid... Say Tyler is an avid of puzzle games. Um, and he likes puzzle games. I am not. You know, he, he likes playing Tetris and columns on his Sega Genesis and stuff like that. But maybe Tyler... Picross. May, lacrosse. Uh, Picross, exactly. Um, <laughs> That's more of Thomas's thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but maybe you want to branch out and you want to branch out to the brave world of 3D platformers. 
So what we're gonna do is we're each gonna pick a genre. I'm gonna go around and pick a genre, and y'all are gonna pick a genre. Tell me no. And what you're gonna pick, and your job is to pick at least one to three games. You don't have to pick all three. Uh, as to what would be a perfect like introductory game to uh, introduce like a newbie, like they're familiar with games, but they're not familiar with this type of genre. So I'm gonna go to Tyler first. Tyler, uh, first, first, what is your genre, and then we'll go to Justin. What his what's his genre? So Tyler, what genre are you picking? Uh, so I was thinking, uh, because this has already been done before on numerous occasions. Uh, I would think. Um, uh, people uh, that are wanting to get into fighting games uh, would have to probably play an action game, like a prelude to it. Uh, so you're going to pick fighting games, that, right? Or... Okay, so right now we're just yes. saying the genre. Um, we'll get to the picks in just a moment. Uh, oh. Yeah, we're just... Yeah. Okay. Justin, what what uh, what genre are you picking? Turn-based RPGs. Mm, okay. Like that, that is a bold one. You both of you stole my fucking answer, you clowns. Uh, we didn't discuss <laughs> this beforehand. That's on you. All right. Well, I I will take first person shooters. There you go. As somebody who doesn't play first person shooters, I feel like I am yeah. I am good enough to say this. So let's go to Tyler first, since you were already getting your ball going. What are th- one to three fighting games that you introduced to a newbie? Uh, for fundamentals, uh, I would say I would probably point out to Street Fighter Two, which has um, which that's version of Street Fighter Two? That's the question. Van- probably that's hyper fighting, sh- either that or vanilla. Um, it has the basic fundamentals of uh, everything you need to know about fighting game. You know, like with neutral, uh, your basic uh, combo string, not combo strings, but more like um, your spacing tools, all that. Uh, you got your charge characters or shodos, all that good stuff. Um, that's probably my introduction to like fighting games at like the basest, purest form. Okay. Uh, anything else? You got any other fighting games, brother? Okay. I got two more. Uh, for 3D, probably Virtual Fighter. Really? Two. Okay. Uh, because just like with uh, Street Fighter Two, that pretty much. Uh, Introduce the fundamentals of 2D fighters. Uh, Virtua Fighter 2 is probably the prime example of um, taking a 3D fighter and just simplifying it to like newcomers to like a good degree. It's probably uh, easier to get into than like say Tekken. Uh, and I should know I'm pretty much an expert as you know. <laughs> but yeah, um, Virtua Fighter 2 is probably my second pick. My third one, um, obviously Mortal Kombat 1, just really? because not, of, uh, if you want to get into, M- like, Not one? MK2, which is, like, MK1 is jank, man. That'll probably make people hate it people is. playing MK1. <laughs> I mean, I go Ultimate MK3. Oh. Yeah, either that or 2. Uh, I could take either one. Uh, probably, I'm leaning more towards 2, because uh, the gameplay is definitely better, the roster's bigger. Looks better. And uh, it ha- it's... It's got the stage fatalities, uh, well, more than one did. I think it only had, like, the pit. But, yeah, I would say that's uh, Mortal Kombat 2, if you want to get into the violence factor. Uh, MK2 had... It had blood yeah, on SNES. It had the uh, acid bath um, as a stage fatality. Yeah. Two did, yeah. yeah. One had no... St- one only had the pit, I think. One just had the yeah. pit. That's what he said. Oh, yeah, okay. that's what I, I said. Two, my bad. Okay, Justin... 
Turn-based RPGs, my brother. If Final Fantasy yeah. IV is one of them, I'm so, going to slap you. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Um, so my my first thought was that you have to start with... And this isn't one of my picks. I just want to preface. Um, you have to start with Final Fantasy Mystic Quest because that was actually marketed <laughs> as like you know, gamer's first RPG. Babies but, game for babies. And I will say, like, I've defended that game before. It's not that bad. It's got some good merit it's to it. It's got some banging music, But if you're trying to... S- yeah. It does, yeah. Um, I just like the more, like, kind of action-y focused, like, dungeons in it, kind of. Like, using, you know, gadgets and stuff to get through them. Because um, I was really big into Zelda back then, and I didn't know what Final Fantasy was. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. But that game, like, if you're trying to sell someone on the entire genre that game's not gonna do it that's something you like if you're a kid and like you're curious about rpgs like maybe you've played pokemon and things like that it's like you might do that to kind of like you know branch out into other like more serious rpgs but like it's not gonna sell you on the genre so i have to go with number one Final Fantasy V. Ooh, that's a bold choice. choice. And the reason, the reason for that hard, is because it's it's not fairly like it, sorry, it's not terribly um, complex. Like it still focuses on the kind of the basic job system that you know of with Final Fantasy, like classic Final Fantasy. True, but it's got you know more depth to that job system. In a way that, like, the one that came before it didn't, so it feels a little more modern. It's definitely one of the better job games, I will say that. Better than sure. Final yeah. Fantasy 3, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, better than 1. Well, one, um, didn't, 1 didn't have a job system. Yeah, it did. Mm. Only in the beginning yeah, that's, when you're that's picking not a characters. Job system. job system implies you can change when I thought you could upgrade them at, at some point. You can, but that's not the job system. The job system implies you can change whenever at certain point. That's the job system. I mean, it's not a job system. One, it's still the introduction of the job system. No, it's not. Three is. If you think about it. No, chat room. Whatever. We're gonna post anyway. a Twitter poll, and you're gonna lose. Sure. <laughs> so are you gonna do which Final Fantasy game introduced the job? Yeah, system I'll put. Wh- I'm three? gonna put what game do you think introduced the job system? Final Fantasy one or Final Fantasy three? And I guarantee you, okay, most people great. will say three. And if you lose, I think you're if wrong. If you lose, you have to play me Mortal Kombat first to ten. Do you, do you, or or, or go. are you going to say that I'm right right now? Which one? Which urge are you going to fight now? No, you're not right. So I don't have to worry about. Okay, it. so if ju- this is recording, if Justin loses this poll, the next first to ten will be Mortal Kombat 11, specifically 11, first to ten, December 2021. Lock it in. Don't vote because I want it to happen. Vote because you know Final Fantasy III is the first iteration of the job system as we know it. Well, now it's going to be rigged. I know it's right, and I still a, want this to happen. There's a reward on the line. I mean, I, I just told people to not do that, so it, I can't control what people do. Do we accept the terms, my good sir? Sure. It's anyway, odd. Final Fantasy V is more complex. But it's like story-wise and everything, it's still fairly simple. Um, and there's a good reason for it too yeah so I think it's a good thing to like introduce you to the concepts of RPGs Um, I don't want to go too modern with like the first recommendation 
because you've got to understand the classics or else you're not going to be able to go back to them. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want to make something that's super complicated, like seven, for example, um, where you, or eight probably is more, more accurate. Yeah. That's probably the more complex yeah, one. Where you just two. get bogged down in concepts and don't understand. Okay. okay. Number two. I am not sure which one would be best, but Pokemon. Hmm. Um, Probably gold or silver. Yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning towards, but I don't. I don't think Sword and Shield would be the best options. Um, no. But something like DS, 3DS range, I think would be the best because they still move yeah. pretty quickly. They're a little more modern. Um, but I mean, it's still Pokemon. It's not that hard or anything. Yeah. Um, I think you want a basic knowledge of RPGs before you get into those games. Um, like kids are fine; they just care about the monsters and stuff like that. But like, if you're if you're playing it for the appreciation of RPGs, you want to kind of know like how leveling up and like you know getting new abilities and that kind of thing works, um, or else you probably fall off of it. Because um, I'm thinking like adults, like adults that have missed the yeah, genre. Yeah. That, that's kind of how I'm thinking of this topic. Um, Honestly, um, I think the best entry point to get into is probably Fire Red and Leaf Green, the remakes to uh, Red and Blue. Um, okay. Since they have a more modern take and uh, have a better understanding of uh, the leveling and type advantages I still and stuff. say the, the original yeah. ones aren't that bad to start with. Like OG Red and, and, and Blue... Oh, those games are broken, though. You're not going to know that when you're first time They're playing. They're Final Fantasy 1 broken. You're not going to know the exploits. The game teaches you well enough. Like, it's only broken because we know it's broken. You only know brokenness by being a vet. Great balls don't work. There is a ghost type, but it does nothing. <laughs> there's only one ghost type move, and it only does yeah. fixed damage. Yeah, yeah. You, put, you put out... And there's only three ghost type Pokemon that are all in the you same You put line. out a Venomoth against a Charizard, and Charizard is just going to fucking use... A useless move, it's not going to do anything with it because the AI is broken. But you're not going to know that. Blizzard Blizzard is super effective against the Fireflying Charizard. What? I'm just saying, why go back to the beginning when there's a better version of that? Because that version... If anything, gold and silver, like Tyler said. Because I think red, uh, fire, and leaf green are a little bit too complicated with some things. Versus gold and silver... God, I should replay one of those. I should replay silver at some point. I mean, I'd say heart, gold, and soul silver. I think they are the definitive versions of that Probably... But I think I still think the original gold and silver. But for newcomers, probably not. Well, because I think the DS features have a lot of quality of life improvements. Um, but anyway, regardless, Pokemon as a series, I think is a good like. If you're if you've played a little bit of RPGs and want to try more, like that's a nice safe. Remember, version. kids. And then finally, Pokemon's always been a baby's game. You're just too old to realize it now. Yep, it's true. You complain that it doesn't change, but it's not supposed to. It's for yep, kids. Get over it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm also still really excited for the new remakes. Um, yeah, finally, Persona 5. Oh my Ooh. god. So, of course. Of course. Obviously, modern, it's the most modern, modern one. Fucking Persona shit over here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I've, there's did a reason. Did you see the, the fucking I discourse, I think it's actually though? extremely accessible. Did you see the discourse, though, when Shin Megami Tensei 5 and... Oh, yeah, that's so stupid. Oh, my. I, so dumb. I, I, IGN, what it's are you Persona doing? without the heart. Um, I'm like, okay. Y'all are fueling the discourse. It came first. 
Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, Persona Five, like for all of its complexities and like dense mechanics and stuff, nice. We didn't plan that. <laughs> Tyler's wearing a Persona Five shirt. For of course the he is. Um, <laughs> I but I I, I think that. Persona 5 is obviously, like, the definitive of that series. Like, I'm having a hard time going back to the older games after playing it. Yeah, same. And while it's a little dense to get into, it really does lead you into all of its main mechanics. And it will show you, like, like peak modern RPGs. To the point where it's like, you, you know, the, the Persona... You know, you were just joking about the SMT5 discourse... But it's to the point where everyone wants other RPGs to be more like Persona 5. Like, it's honestly, it's hurt me. Because I can't enjoy other RPGs as much. Because they're not as stylized and, like, you know, charming as, like, the characters and things like that in Persona 5. Um, so if, you, if you're wanting the role-playing part of it, that's it. Like, the, the way you can get closer to your companions and, like, you know, learn skills from building those bonds. And then, like, just really solid, like, fast-paced but still turn-based RPG mechanics. Um, you know, the areas you explore still have a lot of, like, levels and, um, like, dynamic elements to them. So you're not just, you know, grinding through a castle. Like, there's actual... Um, there's actual, like, branching paths and, like, action elements to the exploration and stuff. Um, it will make you see how good turn-based RPGs can be. For sure. Okay. And then, probably, if you can get through that one, you can play any. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Alright, so for me, for first-person shooters, uh, obviously, I don't have the biggest experience with first-person shooters, but I feel like I'm the most qualified to do this one, because... I do weigh with them as a, as a beginner. So my first one will be the original Doom. Um, Got to go with that classic. I've nice. played that one very recently. Mm. It It's remarkably simple on the pickup and control. It's still super fun, super fast-paced. I, I, I mean, like, you could say that the like the newer one probably better, but I think those games, for especially for a new person, would be a little too fast-paced, a little bit too much going on, versus in the original one is pretty much point click shoot the maps aren't too big it can be a little daunting where to go sometimes but i feel like it's intuitive enough to figure things out eventually you may not get every single secret in every single area but that just encourages replayability you can beat the game in like under like two hours some stupid shit like that um even if you don't know what you're doing it's not a long game at all um it's the big motherfucker of fps yeah, for a reason <laughs> um, and i was debating either that or wolfenstein but i was like you know i feel like doom is the better way to start yeah. um <laughs> so yeah uh, that, that first one for me is Doom. Also, shout out to Tangy recommending Paper Mario 64. That is actually a really good starter RPG. Um, not traditional yeah. in terms of comparison. Actually, I was thinking about Mario uh, Mario RPG, like the SNES game, instead of Pokemon. But, I mean, you gotta go Pokemon. Like, if I had a fourth, it would probably be Mario RPG. Yeah. yeah. So, after that, I was like, well, there's gotta be a military shooter, and, like, there's a shit ton of them. So, I'm gonna go with possibly the best military shooter of the modern era and probably of all time. And that's Titanfall two. Um, cause it, it, yes. it's, it feels good. It looks great. It can, has so many good, cool, you feeling guns. 
Um, it's fast and kinetic. The wall jumping mechanic is great. But also, you get a giant fucking mech, so you get a variety of gameplay styles. There's some cool, there's some cool platforming challenges for you. Um, it's not just a military cover shooter in first person mode. It's it's much more than that. And the story is actually really good. Um, yeah, it's. I would say Titanfall 2. Um, like, and, and there's some cool time travel stuff in there. There's some really unique level, really good level design in there. Um, and again, I don't think you have to be like a FPS master to 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 play it. Uh, in all honesty, it, it's just really solid. Chick stick dying robots. Exactly. Um, so there you go. As for the final one. This might be a little bit biased, but I honestly think it's true. Um, everybody, I think everybody would probably say, like, "Oh, you should play Fallout Three or Fallout New Vegas." No, uh, mine's uh, is going to be the Outer Worlds. That is going to be my um, recommendation, and I say that because I had not played a first person because it gives you that first person exploration game. And as somebody who has never played a, a Fallout type game with that sort of dialogue system that crafting system, how the skill system works. I wasn't familiar with that and I picked it up with ease and it's very intuitive. It's in its design. It tells you it it lets you allows you to the maps are big, but they're not super overbearing. The story is engaging. The guns the customization you can do with the guns is really unique. And of course the companions are the one of the best parts of the game and when you learn about their stories and you get them talking with other companions, it's a fantastic time to have. And I'm also streaming that game live at TV slash eighty two eight one four every Tuesday night. Um, so look forward to that. That's not just the same as plug. I truly believe the Outer Worlds is a great first person uh, perspective, uh, a great F- FPS like exploration. Maybe you don't want a hallway military shooter or a uh, or just a, a, a murdering massacre fest like Doom, but you want something a little bit more story in it. You want something more narrative driven. I think uh, the Outer Worlds is right there. Like some people might say, well, like why don't why don't you go play Fallout uh, New Vegas or Fallout Three? And I would say, yeah, that's fine. But for a newcomer, especially I'm, like recently now, uh, Outer Worlds has like more quality of life stuff to probably make it feel better. I can't compare it to New Vegas, uh, but that game came out in like what 2006, 2007. It's it's the game's been out. Yeah, it, the right. game's been out for a while. So I'm gonna go with the more recent release, and they did a bang up job for it. So yeah, there you go. So um, Doom, the original Doom release, uh, Titanfall 2, and the Outer Worlds. So those are my three. Uh, games I would recommend as a FPS for an FPS newbie. Okay. Uh, anything else, lads? That's it for me. Okay. No? Well, that's going to do it for the night show. I apologize for the short one, guys. There wasn't a lot of news to talk about this week. Um, and uh, all that good stuff. So let's go around the table. Justin, where can the people find you at? You can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, not a lot going on right now. I'm taking the week off from streaming and everything because my anniversary is on Saturday nice. and we're going to be out of town. Nice. Um, so I will let y'all know next week what I'm up to. Cause I don't really know yet. Okay. And Tyler, you can follow me on Twitter at hates that tie. Check the pin tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of tire shoes reviews, where I review old ass fighting games for your pleasure I am currently working on the next episode and am working to get it out ASAP. Also, check out uh, chartshot.com where Ben and I do Cinema Shot, and we are wrapping up the, the first season uh, of the DC Animated Universe with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War coming out next week as of this recording, I, th- I believe. But yeah, uh, 
The last one is going to be uh, Wonder Woman Bloodline, so check that out. It's on the site right now. It's a fun okay. one. Okay. Uh, and of course, you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy for all things related to the marvelous one. And you can catch me live at twitch.tv slash iggy2814. Uh, I stream four times a week at uh, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The schedule going as is is It Takes Two with Kane Play Stuff on Saturday, Mass Effect 3 on Sunday, The Outer Worlds on Tuesday. And um, we're, for, for November, we're celebrating Zelda Month with Diminished Cap and arguing about tea. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Wow. Uh, and I do have a sub goal going on for Met- uh, if we reach the sub goal. I will play Metroid Dread on hard mode. So there's that for you, everybody. Nice. So let's see if it actually happens. Um, where I think we're about 30% there. So we, we, we got to look at them. Merry Metroid. Yeah, everyone. Merry Metroid. One, I'm doing a Metroid. I'm playing a Metroid game one way or another. It's just a matter of if it's going to be Dread or not. Um, so uh, that, that's the only difference. Uh, and, of course, go to Chartshot.com for all this content, including uh, this very show. You're listening to the Chartshot Gamescast, our flagship show, but also, of course, Cinema Shot that is up. And, of course, check out uh, the wrestling watch-alongs that me and Thomas do. Uh, the most recent one that went live, uh, that will be live by the time this is out, is WWF <clears throat> In Your House, uh, A Cold Day in Hell. And the one that's coming out shortly after that um, is going to be WWF King of the Ring 1998, the infamous Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in the Cell match. And pretty much Thomas and I break down what happened during the match. And we're like both horrified and amazed about what Mick Foley put himself through that match. Um, And of course, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, we'll see you all next week for another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I'm the Marvelous Siggy. Remember guys, no matter what, stay charged. See you all next week, dudes.